0: Here at The Way Forward, we believe in living a happy, health-conscious lifestyle. But being healthy can be complex. Joey's hot sauce makes it simple. Using the freshest, organic, gluten-free ingredients, Joey was inspired to make a hot sauce for the love of his life, Lisa. Together, they live a life committed to health and wellness. So when Lisa said that she wished there was no sugar in every tasty hot sauce, Joey made that wish a reality caught upon the Italian cooking skills of his 90-year-old Calabrian mother to make a hot sauce just for her, and she loved it, and so did everyone else who tried it, so we decided to bottle it and began sharing it with the world. Using zero sweeteners and binders, this sauce is sure to make your taste buds fire up. Visit joeyshotsauce.com and enter promo code TWF at checkout for 20% off your order. Burn all this hair. Sauce on sauce, sauce, sauce. Burn all this hate away sauce, sauce on sauce, sauce. Yeah, yeah. Clean non-toxic plant-based and made in California Earth source skin and body care that elevates your vibe. We feel best when we're living clean and simple with products that fit our conscious lifestyle. The average hair product has over 30 ingredients, consisting primarily of alcohols, toxins, and other junk. Jack Henry's best-selling clay pomade has a total of four ingredients, organic French lavender and MCT oil, beeswax, and bentonite clay. These ingredients nourish your hair and scalp while giving your hair an all-day hold, humidity and sweat resistant, while adding thickness, texture, and volume. Visit jackhenry.co and enter promo code TWF at checkout for 20% off your work.
1: forward podcast with your host alex zek this episode i had on dr asia muhammad and that was that was a really fun episode um her answer to the very last question that i ask every guest was my favorite answer by far that i've that i've ever heard from anyone um very clear cut to the point uh cut to the chase uh asia is extremely intelligent and it's really cool to hear how she was raised um, because not many people are raised with, with parents who get it, uh, fundamentally from a true, true health perspective and understand what, uh, causes disease and, and how to treat, uh, the whole person rather than just the symptoms. And it makes sense that she is a naturopathic doctor and it makes sense that she is, uh, the person that she is, that is so unbelievably bright and intelligent, and also keeps it very, very real and very, very uh, unfiltered, which I really appreciate. Um, it was also nice that she asked uh, if she could cuss on this podcast before she started cussing, but it was good. It was a really good conversation. I really appreciate appreciate Asia and uh, everything that she had to say on this podcast, and I'm sure you will too. So without further ado, here's the episode with Dr. Asia Muhammad. Okay. Asia, thank you so much for joining me on my podcast. Um, and I promise you your, your lighting is good (laughs) actually now that you've like leaned more in. I know. (laughs) Yeah. You look like like a
2: halo, right?
1: Yeah. You look good. You look good. (laughs) And your shirt's awesome too. That's, that's the most important thing. Thank
2: you. Thank you. I'm loving your backdrop as well.
1: Thank you. Very
2: California vibes.
1: Thank you. Well, I'm, mean, I, you know, I try to keep that even though I'm in the middle of Kansas city and I've like never lived in California in my life. Everyone mm-hmm. thinks that I'm in, you know, the, the aloe plant. Well, I was
2: going to ask is the aloe alive back it there? Is. It's
1: It's a real aloe plant here. Let's <laughs> break it off and rub it all over my face. <laughs> no, but yeah, it's okay. real. It's real. Okay. Um, And this is interchangeable. This can change out as you just saw from my health freedom for humanity logo when I switch, switch podcasts. So Yes. yes. Yeah. So I want to, I want to start with you. I, started following you on social media and like was immediately interested in your perspective on, on health and disease. And I think the coolest piece of this is, is the, that there are not many black people within the space of alternative health, which is something that I want to touch on in this conversation Mm -hmm. and something that's so needed. Um, and I, I guess I want to start with your background, if, if you don't mind, just as much as you want to go into that. And what what led you to become a naturopathic doctor?
2: Yeah. So um, I started out when I was really young. My mom was like, you know, my parents primed me. They're like, oh, you're going to be a doctor. You make a great doctor. It's like six years old. Mom, how do you know that? So they would prime me when I was little and I. Um, <laughs> I went and shadowed all these doctors when I was an undergrad, and I just remember being so bored out of my mind. We would go from room to room, and I guess in my mind, I had this vision of healthcare being like this, you know, really in service to people and helping them figure out root cause. And in my house, my mom never had any medication growing up. Like, she'd have a cabinet of teas or a cabinet of little supplements. And I had my first like ibuprofen when I was like 22 when I moved wow. out.
1: Okay. So you yeah. were already within the realm of proceeding. Oh, things from yes. holistic. Okay. okay. Yeah.
2: My mom is like super faster. She eats one meal a day, exercises all the time. Like when we'd have a headache, she's like, well, your body's trying to tell you something, figure it out.
1: That's so cool. That's I think so cool. it
2: was child abuse, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I'm thankful for those skills. So back then, when I had my first ibuprofen, I was like, this is amazing. I yeah. love drugs. But um, I'm grateful for that, because that instilled in me this mindset of like root cause, like always trying to like, search and troubleshoot what was happening in my body. So I, when I, when I got to the point in undergrad where I was shadowing different doctors and they were all MDs because I was in undergrad in Tennessee. So there aren't any naturopathic doctors. There are barely any chiropractors. So when I went and shadowed these MDs, they were all like surgeons. And I just remember not being satisfied with the quality of care. And I'd see a doctor, roll a patient in, place a stent, roll them out, you know, roll the next one in and I went and shadowed some primary care doctors and I recall this one doctor I shadowed and he had all these degrees and these credentials that made him seem like he was somebody worthwhile or important and of status. And I recall seeing 60 patients cause I counted in one day. And he was legit sweating through his shirt, running from room to room, trying to see patients. And I recall this young woman that came in with like, it seemed to be UTI symptoms. And he was in there less than two minutes. And he's like, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh, prescription out the door. And it was just like that all day. And I remember thinking like, is this what medicine is? Like I was disillusioned because in my mind, I'm like, I'm going to get in and like, we're going to use herbs and diet and we're going to really help people. And then I went and shadowed what I thought at the time was the only medical profession, MDs and DOs. And I just remember feeling so disillusioned and disappointed and there especially was a- with the
1: way you were raised, right? Because like your yeah. mom had already instilled that into you to get to the root of the issue, like listen exactly. to your body's symptoms and not just like mask it up with a, with a pill or a vaccine or a shot or, or this therapeutic or that just like, Hey, what's, what's causing these issues. So like, this was very like, Whoa,
0: for mm-hmm. you.
2: I mean, I was, I was already a disobedient patient. Even as a young child, we would go to the doctor and I'm like, I'm not taking any medications, So I know they're just trying to poison me. My mom was kind of like that too. Like, unless it was something so serious, like pneumonia, she would not let us take antibiotics or medications and she never trusted the doctors. And so I guess naturally, I just never trusted the medical profession, but I knew I wanted to help people in some way. And I was always fascinated by the intricacies of the human body. So, um, I remember thinking like, okay, I'll just take my MCATs and get into an MD program and then I'll just get out and just practice natural medicine. But I didn't even know what that meant because I'd never seen a natural doctor, a naturopathic doctor. So one semester in school, I got really sick and my mom had this flip chart book by this woman who her um initials are the letters after her name said nd and i we'd had this book my entire life and anytime i got sick with anything menstrual cramps headaches you know anything i would flip through the book what does she say what crystal should i use you know what shall <laughs> was like a strange kid what tea <laughs> should that, i that's use that's so
1: rad that's awesome
2: all my like classmates be like we'd be like fifth grade they're like i have a headache i'm like oh you're dehydrated you need to drink some water it got to the point they're like shut up everything is not <laughs> dehydration like my answer to everything when i was a kid oh you're dehydrated um i can't
1: imagine imagine like a fifth grader talking like that like especially in america like my god
2: so weird but um to this day my friends will call me up and ask me so excuse me thank you very much friends um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so I flipped through this book and I recall being really sick. And this is like the night before I was scheduling to take like an MCAT prep course, which was like $2,000. And I was literally going to pay for it the next day. And I was like, what can I do for this like sinus issue I'm having? So I flipped through this book and I just remember having this overwhelming feeling like, what does this person do? I would love to just do whatever this person is doing in this book. So I looked at her name and it said N.D. And I Googled it and I legit had this epiphany and I've not had a moment like that moment since that moment where everything just kind of clicked. And I was like, Oh, this is what I'm doing. I don't care what they require. I don't care if I have to be in school 10 years longer. Like it just all felt right. So yeah, I applied to um, the school in Arizona because I really liked their curriculum. It seemed to be the most robust and I interviewed and got in and that was it.
1: Wow. Okay. So after having this experience of Mm -hmm. shadowing, Uh, a traditional physician and like seeing him just like see patient like running all over the office sweating very like machinistic and 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 like not intimate with the person understanding what is causing their disease and getting to the root cause and just like prescribe this get out of my office prescribe this get out of my office which like in many ways that's that's a fault of the system and you can't blame doctors but that had not been a very like shocking experience for you so how was it going to school to be a naturopath after having seen that happen?
2: Um, I think for me, it just confirmed even more that I was on the right path, right? Because I recall being in school and just, even the fact that we spent more time with the patient and patients heal better when they feel listened to, just something as simple as that, you know? Mm -hmm. And they have time, they're being spent um, with with these physicians, you're spending time with them. And so for me, it just solidified that I was on the right path. yeah.
1: Okay, cool. So then at naturopathic school, because uh, I know a lot of naturopaths and I mm-hmm. know the like fundamental principles of uh, nature, naturopathy, right? That's the correct mm-hmm. way to say it. But I myself am not a naturopath. I'm sure many people listening aren't naturopaths. So if you could break down what you learned about the naturopath- naturopathic profession, um, as general as you want to be in, in, uh, in an hour, uh, okay, just to break sure. down what you, what you learned and some of the fundamental principles that you apply with uh, naturopathy.
2: So with naturopathic medicine, like there are these basic tenets. you know, it's like treat the whole person, address the root cause, do no harm. And so when you look at the whole person aspect, you're not just looking at one system, you're looking at all of the systems, you're looking at the environment, you're looking at the diet, the lifestyle, the mind-body connection. And that's kind of the basis of naturopathic medicine. So when I see cases, um, any type of case, my thought is all of those things, like what's going on here, I'm asking all of those types of questions. And then I typically start with like environmental aspects. So what we're putting into our bodies, like how our homes are organized and environmental toxins that may be arising. So that's where I start. And then I'll add in like micronutrients. So I check to see if people are deficient in vitamins, minerals, and nutrients, because you need all of those for a healthy functioning system. You know, it's like gas in your car, you need it to run. And you can run for a while without certain vitamins, minerals, nutrients, but eventually it does catch up to us. Mm. Um, So I'll do that. And then I will, depending on their case, look at their gut, or I'll do other testing to evaluate a specific section, like their hormones. And then after I get some objective information, I'll put together a protocol with maybe some supplements or botanicals to support them and yeah, go from there.
1: So within the principles of of naturopathy is that, that the body has this, it's, it's sort of Uh like chiropractic in the way that the body has this, like natural, self-healing, self-regenerating, fully functioning system if you just provided the right nutrients and yeah. the right environment, correct? Mm-hmm. So one, one thing that's been really, really interesting to me to sort of sit back and watch, and I've seen this, and I've talked with Dr. Tina, Dr. Sarah about this quite a bit, um, who are also both naturopathic doctors, is this strange phenomenon of so many naturopathic doctors, also functional medicine doctors and chiropractors, are going against their own teaching with regards to what's been happening the last sixteen to 18 months what do you think is the the reason behind that
2: i think it's like bandwagon appeal it's like wanting to kind of blend in right wanting to assimilate and be accepted you know as as an official person or as a real doctor wanted to feel legitimate which has to do i think with like ego insecurity or you know that entire mindset you know Mm -hmm. so That's exactly what I think it is. I don't know, understand any other rationale behind it because there's just not enough science (laughs) to be so confident in the claims. It's only been out a year, right? So there's not enough literature for us to even say this is completely safe. And it blows my mind when I see any type of functional or naturopathic professional promoting this. There's just not enough information out. And I think it's reckless. So I think it has to do with that underpinning of wanting to fit in and wanting to be accepted and wanting to be seen as all the other doctors and wanting some type of legitimacy. But I don't think that that comes from other people, right? Because you can have legitimacy and you can be acknowledged by these professions, but there's still always going to be some other issue (laughs) that comes up.
1: And that's what's so frustrating too, is like, do you as a, as a naturopathic doctor or as a functional medicine doctor, or even in many ways as a DO, because the DOs are supposed to believe some of these fundamental principles as well. Supposed to, right? (laughs) Uh, To to, to want to be like that allopathic model, which is what you just described, right? Like that's Mm -hmm. been my experience. That's been my family's experience. So many other people I know is it's like, why would you want to be like that? You know?
2: Well, it's the status, right? It's the MDs are seen as like, the, the the gold standard in medicine right you want to be seen as official or i am somebody it's a validation so that's what it is that's, that's what i think it is i think it's all about validation and being acknowledged as a doctor but if you don't believe it and you have to seek it out from other people then maybe you aren't
1: yeah <laughs> i don't know so what what have been your perceptions from uh like your vantage point with regards to what's happened this last 18 months with COVID 19
2: um i need a more specific question because i'll just start rambling
1: <laughs> okay so when it when it first happened right mm-hmm. let's say like around february of march of 2020 what were your thoughts how have they changed mm-hmm. did they change were your perceptions like did you know immediately that it was completely not what we were told like starting from there
2: yeah i mean this is what i'll say i <laughs> grew up my parents are not conspiracy theorists but they question everything
1: It's healthy healthy
2: to do that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They they, they don't take anybody's word for anything. They question it. They're like, do your own research. They're actual factual kind of people. what they always say actual facts. And when everything started happening, I mean, I've always been like weary of American government and just based on the history of American government and treatment of indigenous people and the lack of proper repair in these communities. Like for me, it's just anything that the government recommends or, you know, gives guidance on. I always question it
1: yeah that was
2: the beginning it's just like okay what is this where did this actually come from and those types of questions
1: yeah that i mean that skepticism is so so healthy especially like yeah yes and you know it's 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 so crazy to me especially like obviously i'm not a black person so i cannot speak Mm -hmm. on the behalf of black people but Mm -hmm. from from an outside perspective to see so so many black people or people of color period be disillusioned and blindly accept what the government says is so unbelievable to me. What do you think is, is the cause behind that? And why are so many like people of color blindly trusting the system that has caused them so much harm?
2: Mm-hmm. I think it goes back to the same like validation insecurity piece. I think that a lot of people in black in the Black community also want to belong or somehow be assimilated into American culture. And it's like, Ooh, I'm just like you. I got my shot. You know, I am an American. It's like this, this idealism that to be American is to accept all things on American TV and all things that the American government puts out. And I think that's what it has to do. Like, I think when you have that mindset, it's like, I don't want to be ostracized. I don't want to be questioned. I know people personally, my own friends who who don't want to tell me they got the shot and I know they did. Right. And they don't want to hear my mouth and I'm not going to say anything. That's your body. It's your choice. Um, but for me, I think that also I think that in most many populations outside of the black population, there's just a general ignorance and ignorance is simply lack of knowledge. There's just a misunderstanding of, what, what this is or what this is not. Right. And we just are so blind to trust the government. And I think also maybe a lot of people don't know the history. They know that there's a dark history there, but they don't actually know the tedious nature of that.
1: Yeah. So the, the other piece of this is too, is that, um, like what is, what is being consistently said in the media is that that people of color, are more prone to being harmed by this. And there's some nuanced truth to that too. There is like, Mm -hmm, and it's because mm -hmm. from my perceptions, people of color have been subject to in the past systemic racism, where they are now in a position in locations, especially like in, in, like in the hood, right? Like, especially right. right? Like where, where they have just liquor stores and fast food stores And no health food stores mm-hmm. anywhere in sight. And that's all yep. they have access to. But the thing that's so frustrating for me to sit back and watch, I'm sure it's so frustrating for you too, is that the solution is not to give them for more pharmaceutical products, exactly. more of these toxic things.
2: Exactly. The
1: solution is to get to the root of that. Like you said, get to the root cause and the root cause is that these people do not have access To the things that produce health Mm -hmm.
2: Mm -hmm. no i agree there's this really great book called redlining and i there's like redlining and there's some other title beneath it but it pretty much details like structurally how these systems of racism have played out and you know changed zoning laws right so you have certain communities that are zoned for a liquor store but not zoned for say something else like a healthier option so it's kind of forced and, and sometimes some components in these communities where you have these like racial structures that are intended to decimate populations in this health way. We know how to kill people <laughs> in terms of like th- their environment and food components. So, I mean, th- that's not any like hard science. We know when you eat trash diet and put trash things into your system, you have more abundant disease. So, you know, I don't know. What was your question?
1: Well, no, I guess like j- just a discussion, it's not even really yeah. a question. It's just like, this, this idea, this mentality of we have we have within our government these systems that are using truths, right? They're saying how black people and people of color are at a disadvantage when it comes to these things, which is true which is a true thing, but then very nefariously, they'll use that truth to Mm -hmm. reel in people of color.
2: Oh, you really need to get this because you are most, yeah.
1: Exactly, exactly my point. And that's Mm -hmm. what's so frustrating is, but then on the flip side of that, I see many people within the holistic health space that have a mentality of like, pick yourself up by your bootstrap and just carry on when when the reality is many of these people do not have access to the same thing as them. And it's like meeting in the middle and understand like, yes, you are telling the truth when it comes to that these people do not have access like Mm -hmm. white people do. Mm -hmm. No question. And and, Mm -hmm. in proportions, obviously there's nuance to that, right? But then also bringing into the reality that, okay, what you're offering is not something that's helping them. It's actually something that's perpetuating their disease state. Right. This element that these people have access to that is truly about health is what we need to be bringing into that community
2: yeah i I completely agree with you and i think it's very it's more like nuanced right than just kind of this like binary black and white like this is these areas this these areas are not um that's why i think education is so important i mean just the things that we think or i guess you and i would assume most people naturally know a lot of people don't you know people don't understand the importance of how simple it can be to tweak your diet and change an outcome a lot of people don't understand that i know people who say well my grandmother's eating this way you know, and she lived to be a hundred. Right. And so they don't think there's any role in, you know, changing the diet. And, you know, for example, I, um, I looked on, there's a site called um, the EWG environmental working group, and you can put in like, um, your zip code and it'll tell you kind of what toxins are in your water <laughs> and I put the zip code and I live in the hood now so I put the zip code where I live and, and then I put some other like suburban zip codes and like you would be shocked to see the disparities of chemicals yeah. in the water here clean. versus chemicals in the water out there right and just little things like that you know, people in my neighborhood aren't aware of, you know what I mean? I would know to look it up because I'm an naturopathic doctor. I'm exposed to these things, but think about people that are showering or drinking this water. Right. And then you Drinking tap our- water. Cause that's exactly like what they
1: know. Yeah. So
2: that's completely environmental. And it's like diet can account for lifestyle can account for a lot of our disease, but how many other environmental insidious things that we're unaware of, right. That are there intentionally or unintentionally. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So I think the conversation is, is more nuanced, but I definitely think that education is the key. And, you know, when you look at the conventional model, it's not really about education, right? It's just kind of disease management and palliation of, of the symptoms. And a lot of that is like the, the healthcare model is overwhelmed. It's stressed, right? So doctors don't have time to sit and talk to patients because insurance is mandating, they get X, Y, and Z done just to get paid. So.
1: How do, how have you, uh, this is a two part question. How have you uh, helped work to educate people uh, like other people of color. Yeah. And how do we break into this, like this proverbial barrier that isn't actually there of getting into the holistic health space as a, as a uh, practitioner, as a naturopathic doctor, as a chiropractor, yeah. what are the ways that we break those barriers down to actually offer true mechanisms for healing to, to people uh, of color?
2: Well, I'll first say this, like you'd probably be shocked to know this, but a lot of black people are already into the holistic space, like naturally, right? And when you think about enslaved people and how they had to use the land, right, for medicine and how a lot of that was passed down through families. And like my grandmother is like naturally skeptical of any white doctor, she just is, right? Because a lot of people in our family have gone to the doctor and died, you know, at the doctor's recommendations of medication or a scan or a procedure. And so um, even in the city I live in, like, it's kind of, there's a hospital here and they're like, if you're black, don't Are, you, are you in
1: St. Louis? Okay, yep. Okay.
2: I'm in St. Louis and there's a big hospital here and nobody in my family, a lot of black people say, don't go there. That's where you go to die if you're black. Mm-hmm. So, you know, out, because of this, like skepticism, a lot of black people are naturally into holistic medicine. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that there is a lack of knowledge around how to, Um, study that in a more professional pattern, right? So like I said, I didn't know about naturopathic medicine. The only doctor I ever knew about was like MDs because that's what you see hyped up. So I think it goes back to education. I think social media is huge in terms of kind of like spreading awareness of these different professions. Um, But I think we also need to see more Black faces and more, you know, uh, indigenous faces in these spaces, right? To give people that confidence. Because I feel like now when you look at like holistic medicine and wellness, you're starting to see it become this like space of white people right mm-hmm. you see the Dr. Um, Hyman's and the big names Dr. Yeah. McGregor and they're kind of like ooh, we're positioning ourselves as like the leaders or the gatekeepers of wellness so it kind of goes back to I think When you think about conventional medicine and historically how in America, conventional medicine was reserved for white men. You had to be a white man of status in order to go to a medical school. Anybody else, you were not going to medical school. Women were not going. Black folks were not going. If you did want to go, you had to create your own little side school. And so I think that for me, it's tricky because I I think it's great that we have big names that are opening the conversation right for Mm. wellness and naturopathic medicine because we do need that i just hope that um there's some light or some something that's helping to open the minds up for people who are not traditionally thinking of these spaces like black or indigenous folks right because Mm. a lot of people black folks that i know going to medical school are going to md route that's like a big thing it's like that's what i was
1: just about to say too is that like one of my a person that I know really well, um his name's Charles Eisenstein. He wrote an article called the The Banquet of Whiteness. And like oh. what it what it talked about in the article was essentially that these these us creating like us as a collective society, creating the space for for more black people, yeah. more people of color to break through into these systems is a good thing, but it also begs the question are these systems even worth breaking right, into right is the table of whiteness that we're now mm-hmm. allowing people to sit at of materialism of of corporate mm-hmm. greed of corruption of exploiting people of yeah. constantly using people for for power and monetary gain and within the realm of medicine actually perpetuating disease is that something worth bringing and creating yep. space for people to exist into though
2: I I don't think so, to be honest with you. I'm just like, look, F that, I'm gonna do my own thing. You <laughs> know what I mean? That's how I've always been, but that's how I was raised, right? And that's my, that's go back, goes back to the mentality piece. Um, but I think for a lot of people who come from families that, where there is no education or nobody really graduated or, and like, you know, going to be a doctor or any kind of lofty aspiration is just that. It's a wonderful, lofty aspiration. So, you know, I think it goes back to a mentality shift, but. I completely agree. I think the entire table needs to be burnt down and dismantled, right? We need an entirely new system um, because when you get into these like, Um, sections or arenas that are dominated by white folks you tend to have that kind of mentality that many white folks are unaware of right in terms of their own biases and their own prejudices and it can be a really challenging space and for me it's like as a black person the last thing i want to do is be in a stressful situation trying to educate some white folks about their own inherent you know what i mean like levels of bias and racism and it's like that's just stressful oh can i cuss on this podcast
1: yeah absolutely (laughs) i've had to put an explicit thing on every single episode so it's
2: it's stressful it's like listen I want to live my best life I don't want to be sitting around educating people like hey not to be a racist or not to be prejudiced or hey by the way this comment is this that this and that so I think that should be its own like little educational seminar but I feel like there needs to be safe spaces for black folks and indigenous folks to exist and feel comfortable expressing themselves so I think there should be an entirely new table entirely different like mindset shift. so that's an excellent point you bring up
1: yeah it's it it was really interesting way to frame it too because like like i said i see this this longing for for these like like you know corporate jobs and and things like and it's like again it begs the question is that even something that anyone should want regardless where it's like we're seeing now a collapse of so many systems which is a good Mm -hmm. thing and we have I would want to call it like these, whether, whether they're just deliberately like delusional and megalomaniacal and just obsessed with their own power and actually think they're doing something good for humanity. They have an idea of what they want to build out of the ashes. And then like the Mm. rest of us have an idea of what we want to build out of the ashes. And they're two diametrically opposed positions. So I I do want to get into uh, drawing off of that, what your perspective is on uh, SARS-CoV-2, mm-hmm. whether it exists, whether it doesn't exist. I've heard so many expect or, uh, perspectives. I have my own on, on mm-hmm. germ theory versus terrain theory mm-hmm. and uh, what you have found to be effective at treating mm-hmm. COVID-19. Cause that is a series of symptoms. Okay. It is not the virus, but it right. is a series of symptoms.
2: Um, I honestly don't know if I, I mean, I do think that it is it does exist. I don't know if the testing we have is accurate <laughs> to determine if people do or do not have this, you know, when you think about PCR testing and all the controversy there. I mean, I do, I do believe that there is some man-made aspect to this um you know there are some scientists from stanford some information came out a while back about some scientists from stanford working in this wuhan lab or having some association with the lab so you know just based on like documentaries that i've watched and books that i've read i don't put anything past the american government
1: mm-hmm.
2: right um and i don't care how far out it sounds or it seems but the history is just too sketchy for me to just believe that there's not something going on or some big larger conspiracy here so um that's my thought on that. The SARS-CoV-2. Um, what was your next question? I know you. Well, this treatment.
1: this is a good tangent too, because like you have this this inherent skepticism, which is one hundred percent warranted from my perspective, and mm-hmm. I think from any rational minded person. I mean, even if even if you tend to believe what they say, it's always healthy to be skeptical of even shit that I say yeah. or shit that you say. Like it's mm-hmm. that's so healthy to right. be skeptical and always discern for yourself. But yeah. building on that skepticism. What are your perceptions on this uh, experimental gene therapy and Listen. its use?
2: Listen, let me just say this. I don't know what this is, but my, like my friends and I, they are naturopathic doctors in Arizona. We have like a, a standing group text. Where we're always sharing information and giving our thoughts and sharing our cases of patients we've seen. Like I've seen patients who have received this shot and they're autoimmune, I see a lot of like cramp. Um, chronic complex cases, so a lot of autoimmune issues. I've seen patients who have like scleroderma and different types of autoimmune issues, and after they get the shot, they have a significant worsening of their autoimmune picture, and their doctors will brush them off. Um, I have, um, I know. Are a- they
1: coming to you secondary after like seeing? Oh yeah. You they're so like, they're um- they're.
2: Yeah. So they are being like managed by me, like in functional naturopathic space. And then we'll just kind of have a follow-up visit and they have these wonky symptoms. And I'm like, Hey, did you get the shot? And they're like, Oh yeah, I did get it, And Everything's been worse ever since. And like, I mean, all the symptoms that they have before are like 10 times worse. Another patient didn't have any issues got, uh, in terms of normal, like blood work every year, every six months, normal blood work, normal thyroid levels, X, Y, and Z gets the first shot. Now she has hypothyroidism.
1: Yeah
2: right? My friends in Arizona, they share some cases with me, had a case of a guy who had ulcerative colitis, symptom-free for about 10 years, got the shot, now has the worst flare of his life, has to have blood transfusions because he's losing so much blood. You know, I know people who've gotten the shot in my family had the worst muscle issues or pain issues ever since Mm -hmm. menstrual cycles started back after being, you know, cycle free for an entire year, going into that perimenopausal space. I mean, I know doctors, you know, I know MDs (laughs) that have gotten the shot and they seem to be more functional minded, but obviously not that functional minded. Mm -hmm. And they get the shot and they're like, I have this, and I'm like telling them about these like weird, you know, happenings with women's menstrual cycles. Like, oh, it's funny you say that. You know, my cycle has just like been so strange lately. And it's like, so mind blowing to me that these are medical professionals who are supposed to be the highest in the land for upholding medical, you know, literature and education. And there's no questioning of this new experimental gene crap,
1: right? Especially when when you give the context of the companies that it comes from, right? Like for the Pfizer shot, they exactly. have paid out billions of dollars on multiple mm-hmm. occasions and mm-hmm. criminal fines for lying, falsifying mm-hmm. data, mm-hmm. bribing doctors. And then on, and when it comes to Moderna, they're part of that same industry of that corruption, right. but they're a new company that has tried multiple times to bring a product to market has never been successful. Mm-hmm. And this is the first product that they brought to market. Okay. And, and then the other things that just, that get me on this, that I just can't I was talking with Dr. Jim Meehan the other day on the health freedom for humanity podcast. And I was like, am I missing something here? It doesn't limit transmission. Right. It doesn't, it doesn't confer immunity. It right. only reduces symptoms according to the clinical exactly. trials. It, it has zero long-term safety data whatsoever. It, uh, there are other th- treatments available that are just as successful. Mm-hmm. MRNA technology has never been used before. In exactly. to not exactly. sue the manufacturers. Like Exactly. I don't, I don't understand how this, this mentality has captured so many people when -hmm. looking at objectively. And then even on top of all the things I just said, you have something that per the CDC's own data, which I think is severely inflated. Mm -hmm. We have a 99.8% survival rate and someone as young as you or I Mm -hmm. even Mm -hmm. higher than that. It's, It's unbelievable.
2: I think it's, you know, it's fear mongering, right? Yeah. It, that's what it is. And that's why you see an overwhelming amount of people rushing to get this get this shot. It's just fearmongering. It's I want to get back to normal life. And you know, I think for the people that I know, they have kind of been persuaded into it. And then the other side of that is that a lot of people are afraid of their own voice and afraid to speak up and they don't want to suffer any repercussions and or any consequences. There's that fear of, 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 of that so I think that has also pushed many people who I think somewhere in the back of their mind or subconscious mind they know something's off with this and they don't but they don't want to question it so what
1: are what have been your sort of like actually w- what are your spiritual like psycho-spiritual perceptions because mm-hmm. I know every single holistic-minded doctor that I've ever talked to has a deep understanding to some degree and it's always nuanced some are more religious some are not but but mm-hmm. always has a connection to Source God, whatever you want to call it, their Creator. What are what are your spiritual perceptions, and how have that your how's has your spiritual perception carried you throughout this uh, very chaotic, intense, and and fearful time?
2: Um, that's a really good question. Nobody's ever asked me that. I've never actually. thought oh, I have about some that. more coming. So. Oh. Okay. <laughs> um. So I'll say this. I. I'm an avid reader. I read all the books, right? I read the Bible, the Torah, the Quran, anything I can get my hands on, I read. Um, I don't know like what my thoughts are around like specifically the virus and what this could mean in the like spiritual aspect, if that's even like real. Right. Um, but for me, I just know, I always think of like this, like when, like in the Bible, it says like, you know, God made men in his image, right, of his likeness. So I always think if we are made in the image of God, right, then there should not be any problem we cannot conquer. And so for me, even when I see patients who are like, really ill. And they're like, well, I, I think I should get this shot because I'm like, you know, immunocompromised and X, Y, and Z. You know, I always go back to kind of that root perspective and all that, you know, God or the universe, whatever you believe in kind of put here for us to heal ourselves. And I just know, like, when you think, look at all these books, there are always these like high organized criminal societies, governments, you know, you think of like Babylon and all of these times, there's always these group of people who are just the most mischievous, evil people in the land. Right. And that sounds like really simplistic storytelling, but that's what I think of when I think of the American government and, you know, conspiracy and just big governments around the world. So that's how I look at that. Um, And I always do. I try to pray and like, you know, strive towards some kind of like higher understanding, but um, that's a really good question. I would love to kind of ponder on that.
1: Yeah. Do you you think, do you think that, uh, you know, I've heard, heard people say this, even aside from the virus, just everything that's going on with, I think this split in perception between ultimately what I call blindly outsourcing to something outside of yourself and only believing that. And then the other side of it is understanding that we each have a power inherent to us and that we can find answers inside of ourselves and, you know, garner information from the community and the people around us in order to carry us through and and thrive in this life. Um, do you think that we are in a, in a spiritual war of some sorts right now or?
2: Completely a hundred percent. Like what a time to be alive. Like, I think these are the days that all the books talk about. Right. I think that when you look at, um, like all the books of God or these religious texts, like you th- look at how God uses like nature, you know, to punish people. Right. And you think about that. And you think about how every year our weather is worse than the last year. And it's getting every year, like, this is the hottest record, you know, summer, this is a, the highest, you know, snowfall we've ever had. This is X, Y, and Z. I definitely think there is spiritual warfare occurring now. Um,
1: it's interesting too. Cause like, if you think about it, right. And I'm sure you have this perception as well. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's in many ways because we have the ability to create our own reality. Mm-hmm. It's, it's man's pushing away from nature, which is it, which yep. it is inherently a part of, yep. like we are a part of nature, yeah. but we have this perception that we view ourselves separate from nature and nature is something that we can conquer and manipulate mm-hmm. and do whatever we want to without mm-hmm. consequence, including mm-hmm. the, our human body, the environment, whatever, whatever it is. And that's that's what's been really interesting to me is that like i think there's there's nuance to this it's like god the universe whatever you want to call it or nature through god through nature is responding to a piece of the whole viewing itself as separate and trying to manipulate the whole for its Mm -hmm. own selfish gain
2: Mm -hmm. yep i mean i think that's spot on the money you know in the quran it talks about people's like hearts being hardened and when that happens like the only person that can really awaken them is through like like is God so when somebody's heart is hardened and they don't want to hear something doesn't matter how many times you push a message doesn't matter how many facts you give them they literally just their heart is hard and they cannot receive it and when you have people like when you have situations like that you have to have like severe things happen for people to actually wake up Unfortunately, you know. Unfortunately, you have to have all these wonky effects happening. It's like, oh my gosh, some something really jarring happened. Let me open my eyes. And I think that's most people in the world, or most people in America. You know, there's a small right now of-
1: exactly because, like, what you see is like for someone like you or I, um, who who's been questioning and fault and like just perceiving yeah. and not blindly believing anything this whole last year and even before that, is that like for us, it's so blatantly obvious what is happening. Right, like, right. It's so crystal clear. Yep. Almost to where like. How the fuck can people not exactly. see? Exactly. But yep. then the thing that I always fall back on is that, like, I have personally had that experience where mm-hmm. I've had to be sh- like shook and woken yeah. up to like what's going on. Seeing my mom and my wife mm-hmm. who are perpetually ill, seeing doctors mm-hmm. step away and then heal via mm-hmm. what uh, allopathic medicine calls pseudoscience and quackery. Right. That's how, how my wife and my mom my mom healed. And then I have to have compassion for these people, and so so true because when when your heart is hardened and you're so caught in your mind which Mm -hmm. is prone to manipulation Mm -hmm. prone to indoctrination Mm -hmm. prone to programming Mm -hmm. then you will not be able to see unless someone or something shakes you back into your heart and feeling
2: yep it has it's a rude awakening and that's That's a dreadful day. You know, it's a dreadful time to see people suffer when they didn't have to, right? Mm -hmm. To see people, you know, ignore you only to be woken up by death or trauma or severe pain. You never want to see people go through that, and, you know, unfortunately, I think that's the time we're living in, where you're seeing all these wonky effects and people who trusted the system and they had a adverse reaction or died or somebody they dearly loved. And now they're questioning everything. But I think those are some of the most powerful voices, you know, and you see these people who for so long believed, and now they're, you know, woken up, I think some of the best people um, for the cause are kind of still under the umbrella or under the guise; they just haven't woken up yet. So
1: a perfect um, example, of this actually, that is that is, you, you know, is actually one of our most popular health freedom for humanity episodes. And that's, I don't say that lightly because we've had on some like really well known people in this mm-hmm. in the health freedom space. Was when I personally interviewed uh, her name's Brittany Galvin and she received okay. both doses of the Moderna shot mm-hmm. and is experiencing crazy negative reaction to it and speaking on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And people are catching on to this. And the, the craziest thing though is seeing all the fact checks and like the blurred out images on her profile of her exactly. documenting her lived yep. experience. Yep. And even worse, many of the people like she was previously that are seeing her actual lived experience and reaction and saying, Oh, that's crazy. This is you're misleading people. This is ridiculous. And it's like, this is her actual, like yep. real life. It's, yep. it's absurd.
2: Well, people, it's, 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 it's absurd, you know, and people won't actually believe there's something happening until it happens to them or somebody they really, really love, right? Outside of that, it's just like, oh, that's not real. Or I can live in my bubble of comfort because nothing has disrupted it yet. But it's unfortunate. It's really unfortunate to see these things happen. And I have people who message me and and they've gotten the shot and all these weird things have happened. I don't know what to say. You know what I mean? At this point, it's like, I don't know how to and I'm sure there's I think there's a doctor who's doing like detox videos on how to kind of help your system after but it's like, I don't know what this is. Yeah. I mean we, does we anybody
1: know 100 I mean, especially because it's brand new it's not like any other of the previous mm-hmm. shots and like I mean we could talk for days about whether those are necessary or effective yeah. or safe <laughs> but yeah, I know. uh what it, what has it been like seeing patients throughout this last 18 months are, and are you seeing patients in person are you only doing like telecommuting how, how has that been
2: so a little bit of both most of my practice is pretty like pretty much virtual um okay. A lot of the patients that I see, um, I, I would say it's a mix of between patients who are like um, conventional, pro-conventional, like the shot, and then people who are like completely like naturopathic, functional. Um, but I see just like that, like a ton of chronic, complex autoimmune cases. Um, and so for me, it's my practice has actually like like blossomed um, since all of this has happened. I think you know that streak or that thread of people who you know been on the cusp they're really now trying to figure out how to take care of their system. So it's been good for me. Um, and outside of that, I don't really, I see a lot of like a lot of like black people come and see me for help with regard to their immune system because they don't want to have this shot or they did get the shot. Um, but my practice has blossomed and I, I see most people virtually now.
1: Okay. And what are some of the like common things that you're seeing, uh, in terms of people that are in these autoimmune hyper autoimmune states, what are some of the common factors that you have sort of nailed down as the causes of these? Cause like, I'm sure you see it similarly to me that most are caused by toxins, trauma or nutritional deficiency. So what what are some of the common, like actual toxins or common traumas that you're seeing people experience in nutritional deficiencies?
2: So, um, I do like a lot of mold testing and environmental testing, right? So I've not had a patient yet with a normal, like with no mycotoxin exposure. I always see some type of black mold exposure in the system. I see, um, patients who have like, um, xenobiotics or like estrogen mimicking compounds in their system. Um, a lot of like, Heavy metal contamination, which is a whole other, like, you know, ball game of trying to get these things out of the system. Um, I see a ton of um, GI inflammation, mm-hmm. which is kind of peculiar because when I did, I did a residency with gastroenterologist and they never saw GI inflammation unless somebody had Crohn's or colitis. Everybody else is like normal. And it's like, this person is obviously not normal. they're like pooping 10, 20 times a day. This is not normal. Yeah. They're like, Oh, here's some Viberzi. Or here's some medication to slow your bowels down. And then they got pancreatitis or something, which has happened a couple of times with that medication. And so and I remember when I, when this happened, I had this patient who the, the, you know, the drug reps come to the office and they're like, oh, here's our wonderful new drug. And in the studies, only two people had this weird side effect, but it was just as similar to placebo. And then you give it to these patients that are having like really severe epigastric pain. And it's like, oh, if you got pancreatitis, go to the hospital. I swear to you within the next day, the reps are like, we want to talk about this case. We don't think it was the drug. Let me tell you how oh, safe God. it is. Let me reassure you. And it was just so sick, but, um, I do see tons of like GI cases and i see like um i see a lot of uh, what like um like hormone imbalances in people which i think is environmental and diet related i see tons of like um leaky gut people and i mean the gut i think is should be assessed in every chronic disease there should be some kind of evaluation of the gut so i see a, a bunch of um a a wide variety of of cases. So
1: do you think that's a a lot to do with like nutrients and what is, is in our food and what, like the common American diet, what we're eating with regards to the the issues. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I, um, I think it has a lot to do with like additives in foods like um, preservatives, emulsifiers, um, thickening agents, all of these things damage the gut in animal models and in human models actually if you read the literature. Um, I think it has to do with stress stress can increase um, intestinal permeability, I think it has to do with the diet I mean gluten is a big issue. Um, even in non-celiac disease, you have gluten sensitivity where it can actually affect your intestinal cells. And it's just so crazy to me, the, the amount of addiction we have to foods and you tell somebody, look, if you take this gluten out, you'll be 20% better within a couple of weeks. They're like, Oh, what am I going to eat? You know, <laughs> you know, <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like I can't that's what people body.
1: always say to me and my wife too. Cause like we, we follow sort of a like quasi paleo diet where we'll have some, um, like pseudo grains where we'll yeah. introduce, we'll introduce some like quinoa and stuff like that sometimes, or sometimes brown rice, organic brown rice, but mostly a paleo diet. And when we explain to people that we don't really consume dairy products, we don't mm-hmm. really consume uh, grains and mm-hmm. that we don't rec- consume refined sugars, they're like, what do you eat? like how what do you like, eat? I'm like yeah. dude, it's not hard. It's like actually really <laughs> easy to eat this way.
2: I know. like I um. I love when I see patients, I always ask them, like, what's your diet like? And everybody's like, oh, I eat. They try to say they eat healthy. And I'm like, oh, what did you have for breakfast? Like, oh, today was different. Today I had, you know, McDonald's, but I never really eat that way, you know? (laughs) So I have to ask like, oh, what was for lunch? What was for dinner last night? And it's so amazing what people say and what they actually think they're eating, but what they're really eating, you know, they never match up. So diet is huge. Like I've seen patients reverse diabetes, blood pressure issues, weight um, imbalances, just with diet alone, no supplements, no functional medicine testing. So I think diet is like key.
1: Yeah, It's, it's, it's so amazing, too, because I'm sure you've seen this a number of times as a naturopathic doctor where someone comes to see you with something that a medical doctor or even a DO told them that you're going to be living with this for the rest of your life. This is incurable. Sorry. You're going to have to take this pill. which is going to cause this side effect, which causes this pill, which causes this side effect, which causes this pill. How many situations like those have you seen?
2: Honestly, I couldn't even count. Like I literally have seen thousands and thousands of patients over the course of my career. I could not even count how many patients get thrown that way. I mean, the GI world, I recall the doctor I worked with was a gastroenterologist, right? Entire training is the GI tract from the Ruta to the Tuta. She's supposed to be the expert. I would hear her in the room telling, I heard her once telling a patient, I'm just constipated. You're going to be constipated the rest of your life. Like me, just take this medication. It's once a day. It's really safe. I go to the bathroom the same time every day. It's great. I'm like, your entire job is the GI tract and you can't even shit on your own. You know what I mean? And that's what I would think. Like, what is this? So I see a lot of patients who were just told it's not going to change. Just take the medication. But this is also a person who would eat Snickers and Diet Coke. Like that was lunch. And and there was no thought. I mean, the entire point of the GI system. (laughs) No, I'm serious. The entire point of the GI system is digest and assimilate nutrients. Yeah, it never crossed your mind as a GI doctor that what you're eating actually affects your gut. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. These people are brilliant, but are they,
1: dude? Right? That's what that that is what's so like unbelievable to me, and I I see this quite a bit where like like I said my. You know, Dr. Kelly Brogan is a person who like basically Mm -hmm. saved my mom's life and then subsequently saved my saved my wife's life. And it's cool because how she would say it is that they saved their own life. I gave them the tools to do so. I I love that. Use those tools, right? Mm -hmm. And if you Google Dr. Kelly Brogan, all you'll find is pseudoscientific practice spreads misinformation, disinformation, blah blah, blah blah. And then these supposed experts, like I always I've always wondered this: if you took a thousand medical doctors, DOs, nurses, just anyone within the allopathic system and compared their health, right. And they're supposed to be the health experts,
2: right. To Mm -hmm. the
1: average health level of a naturopath, a chiropractor, functional medicine, doctor, a traditional Chinese medicine practitioner, like just a a study of a thousand (laughs) and and compared health results. What do you think you would say?
2: There'd be no comparison. What do you mean? Like, I've always wanted somebody to run that study. There'd be no comparison. Doctors die, conventional doctors die at the same ages as their patients. They have the same de- like issues, cardiovascular disease. Like, I don't understand that. Your entire job is just the expertise of one system and that's a system that's effed up, you know? <laughs> I just can't take it serious. So anytime my parents or anybody I know goes to a specialist, I'm like, what if they say, give me the scoop? Like, we're gonna figure this out our own way. But I just don't put any money on it. Yeah. I can't I- trust it, you know?
1: Yeah. It's, it's, it's unbelievable too. Cause it's like that, that mentality though of outsourcing to these experts who like they themselves are not healthy is. Exactly. Is so
2: exactly. It's like, I would not trust a mechanic who, you know, who can't fix his own car, whose brakes are <laughs> going out every week. He's like, you know, I would never trust that. Would you drop your car off there to get new brakes and he doesn't, you know, exactly. So same thing with, with medical professionals. And I think it goes back to, that it's like some blind spot where it's like, Oh, they have this degree or this title. We have to look up to them. I have to accept their knowledge, but you don't have to.
1: Yeah. And this is cool because it's like really stepping away and it goes back to like the, the, the banquet of whiteness thing that I talked about is like, Mm -hmm. are these system, are these titles, like are these things even worth buying into? And like, my argument is no, like Mm -hmm. healing is not synonymous with having eight titles past you your go. name or, or in front go. of your name, it's it's, it's not go. it's not the same. Like some of the most knowledgeable people I know have no titles by the name, yeah. or are naturopathic, yep. or are are yep. these alternative practices yep. for medicine.
2: Yeah, no, I I agree with you. I I think there's a huge shift happening right now in medicine, and I am grateful for those spaces where you have these like white male doctors leading the charge. You know, opening those doors up. I think it makes it a little easier for. Functional medicine practitioners, right? Because they are these MDs. So, unfortunately, that's the world we live in where we need like barriers broken down. So, I acknowledge that. Um, when you look at like fun- even holistic or functional medicine conferences, I, all the time the faces are always white folks yeah. or white men, right? And, you know, a lot of the holistic functional space is based on indigenous practices like acupuncture, traditional Chinese medicine, herbal medicine, and st- such. So, it's actually
1: kind of fucked up because, in many ways, white people have co opted that. Exactly what their.
2: I'm saying. They're like the gatekeepers now of like wellness is like, whoa, you want to be well, you know, let's see a white doctor. And it's like, I don't know. I hope that that changes. And I think it will change, but you know, there's not a lot of black folks in the functional space. Cause I think a lot of black folks are just still trying to get into the medical space period. Yeah. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. And, and and it's interesting too, because like, you're a perfect example of someone who's breaking down that barrier mm-hmm. for other nice. black people, other people Of no for real though. Like, and that's yeah. what we need more of yeah. is like, you have this understanding of what true health looks like Mm -hmm. that you don't need a pill for every ill Mm -hmm. that actually perpetuates more illness. Being healthy is relatively simple. It's a matter of education and stop blindly outsourcing to these, these MDs and DOs and anyone in the allopathic system.
2: I had a patient I just saw um, last night has seen multiple GI doctors had normal scopes, normal colonoscopy, normal um, upper scope. And we did like a, or they did a functional um, gut test came back with all this inflammation, all this leaky gut. And the doctor's like, oh, we don't know what's going on. Here's some antacid medication. And it's just like, it blew my, it blows my mind that all of this science is out there, but it's blatantly being ignored. And I recall this doctor I was in residency with, he said, listen, he said, I just don't know anything about this. He's like, I will admit to you, we're not, we're not at that space. He's like, we're not that advanced. He was the first MD I'd ever heard acknowledge, Like, hey, there's information out there, but I just don't know how to interpret it. I don't know what to do about it. And so it's easier when you've been in a profession for so long to sit back and use what you've always used and to actually version into a new, new field, yeah, and have so.
1: humility and say like, Hey, mm-hmm. I don't know. And like, this isn't, this, mm-hmm. this isn't the proper way. Wow. Um, okay. So I'm going to ask my last two, <laughs> If yeah. you like the first question that I ask about the psycho spiritual, yeah. uh, you know, your perception on the spiritual battle that's happening. You'll like this one. So, okay. uh, I ask everyone these last two. So, From your perception, why are we here?
2: Uh, Oh, that's a great question. I think that man is just disobedient. (laughs) You know, I think that we've always tried to, there's a level of arrogance. And I think that there's a, obviously when you have that arrogance, a lack of humility. And I just think you see that repeated over and over again across generations, across even different cultures, like always trying to one up the system, like the system Mm -hmm. of nature, the system of God. And I just think there's a lack of, a general humility and people want to be superior than others and feel feel that power and i don't know what that power is you know what that feeling is like but there's a a greed of power Mm -hmm. and so do you think
1: think. do you think like the ultimate purpose of why we're here is to like get back to that understanding that no one is better than anyone else and that like we're all
2: Mm -hmm. all
1: children of god so to speak yeah
2: I, I do think that, and you know, in, in the Quran, it talks about like the levels of man. And it says there are three stages of man. There is the very low stage, the animal stage, where man is led astray by his desires, right? So I'm hungry. I got to eat. I want this. I want it now. Like we're in this desire state. And then the next state is like this middle ground where man struggles between his highest self and his animal self, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that's where most... Um, like more co- the conscious people are at I don't think that we're fully in that highest space and the highest space is like this got like mentality where like it's like the suggestions and promptings of the devil cease to affect you. Yeah. And I don't think of the devil as like somebody beneath my feet. I think of the devil as some people, you know, energies around me. I think that yeah. God works through people and vice versa. And I don't really believe in like heaven or hell. I believe the life you have now is the life you create. So if you want to live a life of heaven, you create it around you. If you want to live in hell, you're going to be miserable. You, do, you recreate that. I've never had anybody die and come back and tell me that they were in hell or heaven. So I don't believe that. I believe what I see and I'm trying to experience it now and i think that you know a lot of times you know with black cultures one thing you we hear is like oh you work so hard and when you die you'll get your heaven you'll get your nice spot when you die and it's like i don't want to die and you know (laughs) then receive my blessing it's like i want to enjoy it now
1: yes that's that's such a good point too and that's how i perceive it as well as like this constant longing for the future like the, the future will be better rather than creating the conditions for yourself right here, right Mm -hmm. now, to be living peaceful in the present moment. Yeah. Like the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Like that's Hello, yes. yes. Come on,
2: that's what I'm talking about. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. I really believe that like at hand means like, you know, hands like represent like the wheel and art. You think about hands, they represent like work. They are are what get us through the day. They open the doors for us, right? So I think the kingdom of God being at hand, I translate that verse as like, your peace of mind comes from you working. You know what I mean? Yeah. Get off your ass and get some shit done, right? And you kind of do <laughs> that work. You there's like some like positive experience you have, and I I love that. So I'm trying to experience it now.
1: Okay, well, I'll, I'll you'll like this last question too. Then oh, I
2: thought that was the other question. Oh no, no okay. this
1: is this. It was like a I did that one in a two part one. This is the last last one. Okay. Okay, this one always catches people off guard, and I love it so much. Everyone has the same reaction. So. If you had two to five minutes mm-hmm. to share an unfiltered, unedited message that was to be shared on all mainstream news platforms mm-hmm. and how that looks is like you're walking on the street, a reporter comes up to you and says, hey, what do you think the world needs to hear? This is gonna be shared everywhere tonight on every mainstream news platform. Two to five minutes, what do you say?
2: <laughs> I wanna say it, but I don't. I wanna curse and I'm not sure if I can.
1: Please, you can.
2: These motherfuckers do not care about you. <laughs> That's what I would say. Live your best life. They do not care.
1: (laughs) I love that so much. I love that. That's perfect. And like gets right to the point too. Like
2: these motherfuckers do not care about (laughs) you at all. It's like the shock we need, right? You, I can't be a pacifist now. It's like we need something to shock people out of the seat. Like what? Yeah. That's what I would say.
1: That and that would be a good way to shock people because I think, based on again historical context. Everyone fundamentally knows that, that there's never been any indication whatsoever that any of these systems mm-hmm. have cared about you or your health or your family's health. Mm-hmm. And that shock, that that simple statement, yeah. these motherfuckers do not care about you. <laughs> Damn, I might make that the, the title of the
2: episode. <laughs> I'm here for it.
1: That was good. Yeah. That was good. Okay. Asia, that was a, that was a perfect answer. That was actually like, I could have, <laughs> I could have asked for a better one. Um, thank you for, for joining me. Where can people find you or your work? Or if they wanted to book a consultation or appointment yeah. with you, where, where could they find you?
2: So you can find me, my website is just my name, www.asia There's all A's or no E's in there. A-S-I-A Muhammad, M-U-H-A-M-M-A-D.com or my IG is just Dr. Asia Muhammad, And I have like a little link in my bio. So all the links are there too.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much for joining me. This was a super fun conversation.
2: Yeah. Thanks for having me on. I really enjoyed this.